this is Amy Impelizari, host of Tall Poppy Writers Presents I Know How This Book Ends, where we deep dive into the story behind the story. I am so excited today to have Lori Gelman with us, author of the Class Mom series. Her latest book, Yoga Pant Nation, is just released. It is probably the funniest one of the three. And I don't say that lightly because they are all so laugh out loud funny. Lori, welcome. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And what a nice thing to say. I'm glad I make you laugh out loud. <laughs> you really do. And I have to say, I, Lori, I met you at the right before the world shut down. Literally the yeah. last live book event that I attended was the Bedside Reading uh, Authors Festival, the last weekend of February 2020. I was so thrilled to meet you. We had such a great weekend, so much fun. It it was my unofficial launch. It was supposed to be the first night of the, the festival was supposed to be my unofficial launch of my book. I know how this ends. It turned out to be the launch because I had to cancel. <laughs> I had to cancel all my other book events, but I was really excited to meet you just before the world shut down and so excited when your newest book, Yoga Pant Nation, hit shelves. Oh, I love this series. Can't wait to introduce you to everyone. So, um, and and I know you just did a new bedside reading event this week. So now you're back to live events as well. Shout out to Jane and uh, everybody at Bedside Reading. It was it was so fun. I, once again, we were in the Hamptons and yes. uh, it was really well attended. And, and you know, she's like a, a little fairy godmother of yes. uh, authors. You know, she takes books and puts them in in um, hotel rooms and just gets the buzz going for people who might not have a huge publishing house behind them. Or maybe they yes. do. It depends. She just picks interesting books. It's kind of cool. It is. It's a really cool concept for those of you who don't realize. It's a program that, exactly as Laurie's saying, places books in with exclusive par- partnerships with hotels across the country, but obviously they have a really big presence in the Hamptons. And so you check into your hotel and there's a stack of books that bedside reading is selected and you can keep them and you can take them home and you can read them while you're on the beach or in your hotel. And, um, she is really, she reads every single book she places. So she's a really fierce advocate for authors. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jane as well. Yeah, so I'm, and I'm so glad she brought us together. How fabulous yeah. is that? <laughs> and that fateful February last in 2020. I know we had no idea, but you, so you came to writing and I know we talked a little bit about this when we met, you came to writing as a second successful career. You, you had a successful career as a TV writer and TV personality. Of course, it's a a family business. Uh, we should mention, uh, your husband is Michael Gelman, who is the producer of, uh, Live with Kelly and Ryan, and yeah, so, the long-suffering producer of Live yes. with Kelly and Ryan. Call him <laughs> by he, his full name. I love it. He's so charming too. So thrilled to meet him last year as well. And so yeah, so it was a family business, but you jumped ship and you decided to become a writer. So can you talk a little bit about that transition? Yeah, it wasn't quite that uh, cut and dry. I mean, did television, <laughs> did I leave television or did television leave me? I mean, I was an aging woman. I had <laughs> children, so the, the, the deck was stacked against me. I enjoyed much, a great much career. Like me, much like me leaving the law. They're under very right. similar circumstances, so I exactly. get it, believe me. So, you know, I had a great career in broadcasting in both Canada and the U.S. I worked, I co-hosted a morning show on Fox with Tom Bergeron. Yeah. Uh, 
I was on Good Morning America. I was on the CBS Early Show. I, I, I did a bunch of stuff and I had a really good time doing it. But then I had my children and it really does change you. You yes. know, your priorities. I, I, at one time I was like with my beeper because that's how old I am. You know, yeah. the beeper would go off and I, no matter what I was doing, be like, oh, got to go to a story, you know, big yeah. entertainment emergency happening somewhere. And um, I would go. And once I had the kids, the only thing I really wanted to talk about was um, being a mom. It was yeah. anything that had to do with parenting. I remember I was interviewing Jude Law because that's how I rolled back then. I would just interview <laughs> hot celebrities. And <laughs> I asked him a question and then I didn't even listen to the answer because I thought, oh, my God, did I? did I pump this morning? Did I leave any breast milk for Misha? And when I came back to the room in my head, I noticed it was dead silence. He'd finished answering the question. I had no idea what he said. And at that moment, I thought, if Jude Law can't keep me entertained, (laughs) then I really have to get out of this business. um, That is a perfect insight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I went to my boss at CBS and I said, can I be like the the mommy correspondent or something? And he said, well, usually the parenting people on the show have, you know, PhDs in early childhood education and blah, blah, blah. And and I was like, well, that's all fine. But I'm in the trenches. I have a three-year-old and a newborn. Like, you should listen to me because I know what the heck I'm talking about. Exactly. So he couldn't make it happen, unfortunately. And so I left. And I just became mom. Just mom. Well, more than just, just mom. mom. <laughs> so mom well, to yeah, two, I mean, two daughters. And um, yeah, and I got them through school, became the class mom, mm-hmm. um, the the hell job of the century. And uh, so I have a question. The first time you're asked to be class mom following, um, you know, when you exit the, the working mom world, because right. I did that when I, the first time I was asked to be class mom was during my sabbatical when I left the law. And I thought it was the most exciting moment. (laughs) Like I was so, I remember the teacher turning to me and saying, oh, you left work for a year. Oh, I would like you to be the class mom. And I, I really thought, you know, I didn't know I had been out of that world. And I thought it was an incredible privilege, honor, not knowing that, of course, she saw me as new, fresh meat. And did you also come into it with that naivete or were you much smarter than me? Well, here's the thing. No, I was no smarter than you. It was almost exactly the same, except I walked in, in in kindergarten and there was this one woman and everybody knew her and everybody wanted to talk to her and she seemed so busy all the time and important. And I was like, who is that woman? It's like, oh, that's the class mom. And I was like, oh, I want to be her because, you know, then I can meet people because I'm not right. overly great about putting myself right. out there to meet people, believe it or not. And um, I saw, I was like, I want to be class mom. So when my oldest daughter was in first grade, I volunteered. I volunteered to be class mom. (laughs) And they're like, sure, honey, come on in. And um, and then I learned my lesson really well. Yeah, Yeah, you did. And I did it for five years. Five years. Yeah, I I probably had a similar run. I I do think that... um, it does take a, a special breed of person to, to volunteer to be class mom. Yeah. So I think that's really <laughs> amazing. And and so at what point did you decide you were going to write about it? You, you I, I know the answer to this, but Cher, did you just decide, hey, I'm going to take pen to paper and write the class mom series? Is that how this transition no. of writing happened? So no, tell us about how it did happen. So I wanted to, I decided when I turned 50 that I should, you know, think about doing something other than being a mom because the kids were getting older. They didn't need me. 
Uh, At that point, how old were the girls? uh, The girls were in sixth grade and third grade. Okay, perfect. So I just, I just thought, you know what? They're out. They're doing sports. They're, you know, they still need me. Obviously, it's not like they were teenagers, but I, I really didn't um, need to be in the room as much as I had been. So. You're actually um, in that. You were actually in that sweet spot be, before they turned teen, beca- became teenagers. Be, when they need you so much, when the right. mental, the mental yeah. exhaustion becomes really great. So yeah, you were kind of. You in have that to sweet like. You spot. have to watch them. You have to watch their friends. I mean, it gets really. It's, it's like having toddlers again. Right. Yeah, it's like exactly. having toddlers again when you have to keep an eye on their playdates constantly, make right. sure they're not <laughs> behaving themselves. <laughs> yeah. So I um. I really wanted to write a book and I thought oh, I'll write a children's book because that'll be easy. And there's so much <laughs> crap out there that it can't be hard. So I wrote a book called two weeks till my birthday, which to this day I stand by as a good book. Right. It was about, you know, how anxious kids get two weeks before anything. It's like they yes. do a countdown two weeks before Halloween, two weeks before their birthday, two weeks before Christmas, two weeks before, like, I mean, you can just name it anytime, yes. two weeks before the first day of school, two weeks before the last day of school. Yes. And yes. It could have been a series of books. Let me tell you it that. It could have been. I totally agree. But I was, um, I wrote it and I got a, uh, an agent and he took it out. And then he, he took me out for lunch one day. And it was the day that the 46th rejection had come in <laughs> on my book. So really nobody wanted this book at all, um, which was a drag. But yeah. uh, in, the middle of our, in the middle of our lunch, my phone kept going off because I was still the class mom for Misha's third grade class. Right. And she's my youngest. And uh, I was like, Oh my God, these parents, they drive me crazy. Like who doesn't write down when they're, when they're, um, teacher conferences, you know, like why <laughs> do I have to know everybody's teacher's conference time? Because they, right. they keep forgetting, but it was just right. a, some, some stupid thing. And I was telling him a funny story and he was laughing and he said, you know what, Lori, that's your book. He said, don't write a children's book, write about that. And I literally, I, like I had said to you, uh, off mic earlier, I like, why would I write something that just makes me crazy? Just right. Make, and he goes, because you're passionate about it. Yes. In whatever way it comes out, you've got energy and passion when it comes to this particular subject matter. Yeah. So um, at the same time, in, in sort of a weird confluence, um, I was fired from being class mom because <laughs> I'd written uh, what one woman thought was an offensive email. It really wasn't in any way, shape or form. It was just like all the Jen Dixon emails and all right. the emails I had been sending out for the past four years. But this one mom had never had me as a, as a class mom. She went right to the PTA president. She said she should not be a class mom. I'm offended. So they asked me to, um, so th- they didn't ask me to quit. They, they told me I was, quitting, so. <laughs> so they asked me to quit. No, they, they said, you have to step down. So, um, it was actually perfect timing because I was like, oh, I'll step down and I will write a book. Right. And I, it became like the revenge vendetta book. Yes. And I felt much better. I do better think you it. need, I feel like you need to check in with Guinness because I think there might be, you may be the only person who ever volunteered as class mom and was fired as fired. class mom. <laughs> I feel like there's some trophy that's available for you. <laughs> Gosh, I hope so. Cause that would be awesome. That would make it all worthwhile. Right. Well, hopefully what also made it all worthwhile is this wonderful series because it is, it is, so it starts with class mom, continues with You've Been Volunteered, and now the newest Yoga Pant Nation follows Jen Dixon, who, and the books are not set in New York City, where you're from and where you live, interestingly enough. They're set in Kansas. So tell us a little bit about that decision. 
Well, I got really tired of reading uh, books about um, New York City moms, Upper West Side, Upper East Side yeah. moms. Um, it, it became it was a real trend um, in the mid the mid aughts, I would say, or the mid twenties, the mid yes. te- mid teens. So I thought, you know what? They're getting a really bad rap, and it's not really like that. So I want to tell a story, but I want it because I know it's it's the same everywhere. I talked yes. to enough of my friends from college and and earlier in my career, and they lived all over the country, and they had exactly the same experiences. So I'm like, it's not a New York thing. So I decided on Kansas City, Kansas, because it is very close to the geographic center of the United States. And I thought, you know, if you take it to the center of the country, and it sort of bleeds out from there, maybe more people will be able to relate to it. Right. And I I think that makes perfect sense and seems to be completely true. Because it is so relatable. And I lived in New York, but now I live in Pennsylvania. I find the class mom dynamic to be exactly the same, just change in geography. And so it it is. It's so relatable. It's so accessible. When you read it, you think to yourself, I, I can't imagine that everyone doesn't think they've had some experience that mirrors what's going on in the book, which makes it so much funnier. And of well, course, and what's funny too is, you know, when I, when I travel and I do book clubs or, <laughs> or I travel, you know, to um, promote the book, I can't, I have a line of women standing in front of me going, can I please tell you what happened to me? Can I yes. hear you my horror story? And I always listen because listen, I'm only one woman. I need the material for other Absolutely. books. Absolutely. But also like everyone just wants to get it off their chest. They want to commiserate about yes. this horrible horrible experience they've had. Yes, it is. It's truly a a unifying (laughs) unifying experience for moms all across the country, right? I mean, let's face it. It's also very fun. Like you get to see your kids in class. You're really in in the know about what's going on in the classroom with the teacher and everything. That's that's definitely a bonus. But dealing with uh, the other parents is is, it's like a joke. It's you just have to remind them. It's like, I don't I don't work for you. Right. I don't work for the school. I don't get paid to do this. Please stop yelling at me. You know? right. right. And so do you have any concerns, fears, worries about certain people reading the books? Or are you convinced that they'll never see themselves? And <laughs> they have well, no you know, self-awareness anyway. I tried to make the characters broad enough and away from my personal experience enough to um, so that nobody would ever be able to see themselves. The, what I think is funny is so many people from my school would come up to me, especially after class mom, and they'd say, I'm Jen Dixon, aren't I? Right. <laughs> like, no, right. You are not. You are Everyone not Jen Dixon. always thinks of themselves as the most positive person, right? right. I know. That's so <laughs> funny. And so Jen Dixon, the funny thing is Jen Dixon is not a very unusual name. And there's a Jen Dixon in my kid's school. There's got to be a lot of Jen Dixon. Oh Dixons. my God, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking that there have to be a lot of Jen Dixons who write to you and say, oh, <laughs> that's me or that's not me. Thanks or for using my name. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell us about Jen Dixon because she, so in Yoga Pant Nation, she's now mom of a 10 year old and a grandmother. So I love yes. that dynamic. She's trying to get a, she's a fitness uh, entrepreneur. She's trying to get her fitness career off the ground. Um, At the age of 54. Which I <laughs> you know? love. I Could love, happen. I love. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, the thing is, your books are so believable. And so because you've incorporated so much realistic, you know, uh, experience that we're all having, when you throw something like that in there, we just, we come along for 
for the ride. We're like, absolutely, she's starting her anti-Peloton crusade at 54. (laughs) Absolutely, she is. (laughs) And so can I. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, what's funny is, I mean, I set it up in the first one. She loves to exercise. She wants to get into shape. Um, And it's sort of, it's the one thing, well, not the one thing, but it's one of the main things that uh, Jen mirrors with me. And I'm sort of living vicariously through her is like, I love to spin and I would love to be a spin instructor. I just don't have the, I don't even know what it would take to become a spin instructor, but I know I don't have it, especially at my age. So I sort of just decided that Jen would do it because, you know, she's, she's that can do gal that gets it done. Absolutely. um, She's got a lot of balls in the air in this, in this particular book, because she does She's with her granddaughter three days a week, who she absolutely adores. But, you know, she's a toddler. She's two years old. She's got Max in fifth grade and he's in um, the safety patrol and he may or may not be being bullied or he may be the bully. We're not sure. And she's got her parents who she's very concerned about. They're acting strange. They're not themselves. And and um, she's thinking she may have to go find a place for mom, you know. Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful thing about these books, too. Right. They are you use humor to really deal with some really very serious issues, right? Just like you just said, the the elder care issues and, uh, you know, there's a very serious legal custody battle that ensues in this book and, and the, the school bullying, um, problem. And, and so you, you really, I mean, the, the book is not light reading. I mean, it's, it's really beautiful. You laugh. You laugh. It's real. It's real life, right? So you yeah. laugh and you dive into this stuff, and it's it's real stuff. Um, but are you a humorous person in real life? Like, would your husband and your friends call you funny in real life? Um, I don't think that would be the first ten things that they would use to describe <laughs> me. I mean, a lot of the funny goes on in my head. Yeah, I like I look at people and I think something, but I don't have the guts to say it. Jen has the guts to say it. That's what you know makes us us different. She's kind of like a little alter ego. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I come out with a good line once in a while. Just just depends. And then sometimes if you ask my husband, I go way over the line. And <laughs> then I have to, I mean, it's just, there's been many, I've been kicked under the table more times than I can tell you. Well, that's the fun thing about writing fiction, right? I always say that you can be almost be more honest when you're writing fiction than nonfiction. And just because it's fiction doesn't mean it's not true, right? So right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what is on the horizon for Jen Dixon? Can you tell us? Please tell us there's going to be more. There is a fourth book. I'm writing it oh, right now. I'm so happy Jen, to hear that. So Jen, um, Max goes into middle school. And this time when we see him, he's in seventh grade. And she is no longer a class mom or at, at all involved in the school because they don't have it. Yeah, you know, it's her middle school. school. Right. So and she's she's fine with it for the first year. But then she starts to feel really uh, disconnected from him and his life and his friends, you know, when they, when they get friends that you don't haven't met yet, that gets very disconcerting. You're like, wait a second, who is that person? What does their parent look like? You know, like, hang on. Um, so she, um, thinks that she might want to get back involved. And then Max decides he wants to join the wrestling team. So she becomes a mat mom. She becomes a a mat mom. mom. So she's got all the wrestling matches. Sorry. Is that a thing? Is that a thing? Mat mom? That's totally a thing. You know who told me about it? Kelly Ripa. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Joaquin wrestles and she would would tell all these funny stories about going to the wrestling matches and being with the other mat moms. And I was like, because I thought at first maybe that she would be a hockey mom. Yes. Well, I'm a hockey mom, so I know that that culture. You know that that world. Um, 
but I thought Matt Mom would be just a little more unique and interesting. Oh, yeah, so I totally agree. I've, I've been having a ball writing the Matt Mom portion of the the uh, uh, of the book. I'm yeah. right in the middle of it now. I'm literally half, I'm chapter 12, so I'm halfway through the book. And it's actually due in September, so I really need to get my butt in gear. <laughs> so will that come out around this time next year? It will. Does it have a title yet, working title? It has a title, but I'm not allowed to tell it. Okay. I'm so sorry. Okay. I wish I could. But That's right. We're going to call it the Matt Mom book. <laughs> the Matt Mom book. Trust me, it is an amazing title. I'm so excited for it to be released. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. Well, when it is released, we will, we will shout about it loudly. Thank you. Lori, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Uh, everyone needs to get their hands on Yoga Pant Nation. And um, if it's your first class mom book, then make sure you read them all. Do you... Uh. Do you, um, you, you do write them though as standalone books. I mean, really anybody could pick up any book and, and dive right back into it, but then you're going to obviously want to go back to the beginning if it's your first foray. I feel like, yeah, like they series. all stand alone. They all mm-hmm. stand alone. But, but if you oh, pick up the third one first, you're going to want to, you're going to want to go back and hear Jen's journey yeah. because if she's this funny now, she's was, you know, just, you know, much funnier earlier. Yeah. So yeah, I would go back and read them all, but, um, it's, it's been I, really fun. Uh, finding my voice, you know, yes. and finding this this person that, and these actually these people that I love to write about. I mean, I love to write about her mother. Her mother's probably my favorite character in the book. Oh, I love and, that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, hopefully it'll continue on. Well, I'm going to ride this pony till it's dead. I I don't blame you. And we want you to. So keep writing <laughs> class mom books. But also, I really hope that someone... Um, picks up the children's book too, because I love that concept and I do think it has legs. So we'll, we'll, we'll hope for that. We'll cross our fingers for that one too. You know what? I may, I may try to like shop that around again. We'll see. Now that I have got such a, you know, yes. big established name in, in literature. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> now that you've shown, now that you've shown, you can do, you can do this, this hard thing. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you. Lori, you are amazing. I can't wait to see you out in the Hamptons at a live book event soon. And um, yeah, yeah. So good luck with Yoga Pant Nation. Good luck making your deadline with the Matt Mom book. <laughs> thank you. And Amy, thank you. And good luck to you with your book. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Stay tuned. Hope to have good news soon. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 